Welcome to the Kinks and Beatles Daily Deep Dive. I'm your host, Tony Fry, and today we are on episode 245, where we're talking about Heart of the Country by Paul McCartney. Heart of the Country was released on May 17th, 1971 on his album Ram. It was also released as a B-side to the backseat of my car on August 13th, 1971, but only in the UK. And this single would peak at number 39 on the charts. Obviously, um, the B-side, Heart of the Country, didn't do anything. On Ram, it opens side two of the album, and it's one of two songs that Paul produced a promo video for um, to promote Ram, the other being Three Legs. We talked about that one already. Um, And I still think this is odd because neither of these songs were single A-sides. So you don't produce a a promo for uh, Uncle Albert. You don't produce a promo for the backseat of my car. These are A-side singles, but Three Legs and... um, heart of the country we get promos for seems odd to me it's also one of the few quiet moments of this album we've talked a lot about how side one is very electric guitar driven there's a lot of like blues shuffles and guitar solos and even though it's a very stripped back um unpolished band sound that he's going for here it's still very uh loud Right, this is a blasting album, and so to open side two with this quiet moment, right before we get into the next song, which is Monkberry Moon Delight, it's kind of an interesting choice. Um, recording began on November sixteenth, nineteen seventy, which was the same session that they did Smile Away, the song that closed side one that we just talked about a couple days ago. Um, for the recording. The acoustic guitar was tuned down a full step, which is exactly what he did with Yesterday. You'll remember when we talked about that, um, I told you that he tuned it down and then put a capo on. No, he didn't use a capo. He played it in in the shapes of G. But because the guitar was tuned down a whole step, it sounds in F. So if you're playing along with a normally tuned guitar, um, you gotta play in, in F. But he's playing G shapes, which are a whole lot easier to maneuver on those chord changes. Uh, He's doing the same thing here. Here it's for a tonal reason, um, just to give the guitars a different sound. Because if you're starting to hit like those drop Ds on the low string, that sounds different. Even if you don't know what it is that you're hearing, you know immediately that it sounds different. Because you're not used to hearing those tones out of the guitar. Denny Sywell played, um, he's the drummer, he played a plastic trash can with a bass pedal, taped his hi-hat cymbals shut so they didn't have any kind of uh, resonance at all, and he replaced his snare with a thin sheet of metal that he played with brushes. Musically, it's a pretty simple song. I've seen it written that it's in D minor, and honestly, I don't know where these things come from or how they just sustain on the internet, why nobody corrects them. It's not in D minor at all. Uh, The song's verse is in G minor. And like he does on another song we recently spoke about, I don't remember which one, but he alternates between natural minor and harmonic minor. Which doesn't change all the chords, but it does change a few of them. And so he's pulling from different tonal centers that are all revolving around G minor. So he starts the verses, it's B flat major. To D minor to G minor and then he goes back to B flat major to D7 
to G minor. So in other words, that's a three five one three five seven one. All right, and you'll notice that even though I said five twice, one time I said D minor, one time I said D seven. So the the D minor is the five chord in a natural scale. In an, any natural scale, the five is actually a minor chord. On the second D chord, which is a D7, which is a major chord, that comes from the D harmonic minor, or melodic minor, but uh, we're going to say harmonic minor for a few reasons. So um, in the case of harmonic minor, or a major scale, we know this, the five is major, and the seven makes it a dominant chord. So it's a cool little device that he seems to be fond of at this point in his songwriting, because he's using it a lot. It's a nice pull, grabs your ear. Because you're adding that, with that D7, you're adding an F sharp that you haven't heard anywhere else in the song. So that, that single note is just enough to grab your ear. The chorus, he just alternates between a G7 chord and a C7 chord. So he's pulling out of minor tonality, right? And he's ended that phrase, living in the home of the country. He's ending it on a G minor and then going to a G7. Um, so he's getting out of G minor, but technically, because he's using two dominant chords, he's never really truly establishing a full modulation. He's, he's, you could almost say he's just cycling back and forth between that G7 and the C7. Because this G7 comes from the key of C, but the C7 comes from the key of uh, F. So take with that what you will. And then he ends it on a C9. And, uh, and that's basically it. And then he does this little interlude where he scats while, he's, while they're doubling the, it on the guitars. And there's a couple of reasons I like this. And I don't usually like when he scats along with what he's doing. To me, it feels like they're playing and he's, and he's coming up with an idea for an instrument while they're playing. So he's like, right? He's coming up with this idea and then thinking, I'll play the guitar part of that later. But a lot of times he leaves his scatting in. And so to me, it feels like he's, it's like you're, you're uh, making a to-do list and then you kept it on the record. Right, and so usually I don't like that. I think it kind of detracts from the uh, instrumentation. But on this one, I think it's cool, because on this one he's actually doing some scatting. He's not just going da 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 da. Right, he's he's doing some cool scatting, and the way they orchestrate the guitars, it initially starts with the acoustic guitar doubling it, and then it ends with the da 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 is on the electric guitar, and I like when they do that kind of back and forth between the electric and the acoustic and making making it into one line. George Harrison does that a ton. He does it on I Me Mine, um, just off the top of my head. But he does it a lot in his solo music too, where you'll have one type of guitar start the line and then the other part of the guitar finish it. Or you have the question and answer kind of thing. 
um, even though it's one continuous melodic line, and I really like that. And I don't in this instance, and this is a rare thing for me. In this instance, I don't think that the scatting along with it does a disservice to it. I think it actually adds some texture to it, and and it's kind of cool. But like I said, it's because Paul's actually scatting, and not just right he's got these little inflections and stuff that i think makes it cool i want to give a special shout out too to hugh mccracken who i presume is playing the electric guitar parts all i could find was that paul's playing guitar hugh mccracken's playing guitar um and the electric to me doesn't sound like it's paul i'm very uh aware of the guitar styles of our three Beatle guitar players and that does not sound like Paul's guitar playing to me but the acoustic does so I'm thinking that Paul's on acoustic Hugh is on electric and um, he's doing some very cool stuff if you listen to the way he is comping it's almost like a jazz country hybrid right because you've got this this is just straight up right that's just straight up country type guitar playing and, and that's what we've got this song is bit built on that style of guitar playing but he's doing like these long notes and and these comping things that really kind of blend into a jazz country hybrid and i think it sounds great and the tone on his guitar and the tone on the electrics throughout this whole album uh are very appealing to me but on this song i think it's it's just the perfect tone because it's clearly an electric guitar but it's not super brash or harsh and it doesn't sound country this is part of where the jazz influence comes from i think is it, it's got a very mellow tone to it and it's a very mellow song and that kind of tone on this guitar i think fits perfect with the acoustic guitar with paul's vocal with that junkyard drum band sound that uh that denny sywell's playing it's just a perfect blend i personally enjoy this song quite a bit but with the exception of Ram On, this may be my least favorite track on the album. And that really speaks to the quality of this album because, I mean, even the best album ever made, you've got one one track that is the least favorite. And it might be a track you love, and that's the case with this one. I think uh, if it had gone on any longer, I might have a different view on it because I think it clocks in at like just at two minutes. So it's short and sweet, and then you're right into Monkberry. But... Um, I do like this one. I think it feels misplaced stylistically on this album. And that might be why it's low on my list for this album. But I also think that might be due to the sequencing of of the tracks. Because side one, you've got all these electric songs. And, and you don't have any real quiet moments. Right? It's all very electric and... and lots of backing vocals and and while it's not overproduced they are more produced than this song and then you've got this one that opens side two well you've already established side one that this is a rock album and now you're throwing this in maybe if this song had come in somewhere on side one maybe swap this song with like dear boy um i might have warmed up to it a little bit more because then you're establishing that the album is a little bit of everything Right and and I talked about this in uh, in the last episode, is that side one is very 
stylistically, you know, this is this is the statement we're making. And then side two is a little bit more varied. And I think if he would have sequenced it where it was a little bit, even just swapping one song where it was a little bit more varied on side one, then this song I think would, would fare better in my opinion. But like I said, it's not a bad song. It's a good song. Um, it's got a lot of cool elements to it. And it's short, so even if it is stylistically different from the rest of the album, you can also just consider it like an interlude between the rockers of Smile Away and Monkberry Moon Delight. Um, especially now that you're listening to it on CD and you're not having the, the album flip in the middle of those two songs. What do you think about this one? Leave a comment on the YouTube video or you can get a hold of me um, by calling 925-494-1739. I'll play your voicemail on a future episode and you can email me kinksandbeats at herohabit.com and of course you can always swing to herohabit.com for all the information on this uh, uh podcast slash youtube series and make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe uh, to join our facebook group our subreddit our tiktok all that stuff you can find all that information at hero habit and click the podcast button at the top tomorrow we are back to the kinks i will talk to you soon have a great day and stay safe bye bye